0: (laughs) Now he's a clown. Now he's
1: whatever you do as an adult with a unicycle. This
0: is the origin story for Bingo the Clown. Yeah, he's the unipiper. Hey, Roaches. I'm Todd Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week for the show, I take a guest secondhand shopping. After we gather a thrift haul, we record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? (laughs) thrifty podcast secondhand shopping for worm people i'm your host toddy and a re-energized close to his cosmic center the best co-host in the world josh last call larkin is back on thrifty's couch how you doing josh good it's a it's a new
1: year got a good vibe Got good things in the works. We got every reason to feel good. So I hope and happy everybody... New Year to all the roaches, huh? Yeah, the first episode of the new year. Uh, I hope everybody out there's had a good holiday season. Mm-hmm. Coming
0: into the new year, refreshed and looking forward to things. Well, as you said, refreshed. You picked up a water bottle that contains wine. The alcohol in it.
1: Yeah, it was a good day thrifting. We had a little <laughs> wine at the bins tonight.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's, a ra- that's a rare one. I don't believe that I've ever, I mean, there's something that I was on when I've been at the bins before, but it's never been wine the alcohol, so I do appreciate the wine, wine the alcohol. Yeah, it was
1: a late night and you were driving, so I had every reason to
0: drink wine. It was a chill night at the outlet. Uh, yeah. We saw a lot of new folks there um, that came in. A lot of people were uh, looking for clothes, so a lot of the clothes went, but uh, we got a killer thrift haul. We, uh, the cart was about a third to maybe a half full, which is actually pretty good for us because we go out every week. So, um, gathering that much stuff every week, it piles up. So yeah, a good third of the cart filled is pretty good for us. Um, we have some new segments to debut on this episode, uh, to ring in the new year. But before we get into that, we want to, uh, announce an official sponsorship uh, for Thrifty Podcast, a brand new sponsor on the horizon, Josh. Yeah, and honestly, we're
1: very hyped about this. Uh, mm-hmm. They're a great folks. Uh, we've known them for a
0: while, uh, so it's it's a great thing to go into the new year with mm-hmm. this. And uh, they're called Commonwealth Press. Now, uh, the pos- podcast records out of Pittsburgh, PA, so it's very well known locally, uh, cwpress.com, Commonwealth Press. But what they are, um, they're local is held to Pittsburgh. They actually started in the south side of Pittsburgh in a basement. And what Commonwealth does, they do T-shirts, they do hoodies, they do banners, they do stickers. So all your merchandise concerns, they could uh, help you out with um, I spoke with Dan from Commonwealth earlier today, the chillest dude ever, um, definitely a big fan of him. And for a limited time, thrifty listeners, so that's you, um, you could actually have a dozen free shirts to order. If you order 50 shirts, you get a dozen for free. Um, just use promo code THRIFTYPODCAST right on Commonwealth site, their quote page, Or even if you want to give them a call and just say Thrifty Podcast, that's going to give you 12 free shirts for every 50 you buy. They have a bunch of different colors, um, a lot of different fits, a lot of different t-shirt materials themselves, but they're awesome. And that leads me to our second announcement. We've got t-shirts, if you don't know that already. We've got electric green t-shirts with a big black shoe, and it says, Get Roached and Slime right on them, and you could check those out on Thrifty's Thrifty Podcast's Facebook page. They're out and up right now. Buy yours right now. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, when you're looking at Commonwealth, check out the electric green because it's a great color. They do all kinds of things. They do pillows down there. They've got the cards, but the shirts that they made
0: for us and will make for you guys Mm-hmm. are
1: fucking great
0: and that's where our t-shirts are from so we got them at commonwealth so if you buy a thrifty t-shirt right from our facebook page you can understand the, and appreciate commonwealth by doing that and again promo code thrifty podcast get yourself 50 shirts when you have an order of 50 you get 12 for free and that's a limited time so thank you commonwealth but um, we should get right into it. Um, now that you've definitely bought one of our shirts out there, folks, um, we're going to get into, uh, I think, one of the most positive thrift hauls that we've had in a long time. We've got a lot of cool stuff. Um, this is a find that Josh picked up that immediately took us back to our, um, our early emo days, our, uh, our teenage years in high school because we're relatively the same age. So we relatively went through the same uh, music trends and everything like that. And this is a bit of a throwback. What we found today are saves the day through being cool in pretty much mint condition on CD.
1: Yeah, and I remember buying this when it came out, uh, like, right before Christmas. Like I was, like, 15, like, I think, yeah, like, right before I turned 16, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pivotal for those years.
0: Yeah, and you were saying before we recorded that uh, a friend of yours got got you into uh, this type of music, and they would like recommend bands and stuff like that. So everything you said, like Saves the Day, was one. The Get Up Kids being one. The Juliana Theory. So all that sort of emo indie music.
1: Yeah, I had uh, my friend Shayna uh mm-hmm. had made me the best mix CD ever. Uh. Out of like science class in like ninth or 10th grade, whenever you're 15. I don't know when that is exactly around there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometime uh, around there, 14, 15. Uh, but I got really into those bands and Saves the Day became my favorite with this album. And uh, I still think it's like top five emo albums of Through all being time.
0: Being Cool. Oh, yeah. I would even say top 20 albums of my favorite just in general.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's in like in my own personal. It's in my top ten for sure just because there were a lot of seminal moments and every breakup had At Your Funeral, like, uh, you know, or no, uh, My Sweet Fracture.
0: My Sweet, yeah, At Your Funeral came on the next day. That disc. was the next my one. My Sweet Fracture was the hit off of Through Being Cool. Yeah. And Hollyhock's Forget Me Nots is on this one. Yeah, Hollyhock's Forget Me Nots was a fucking yeah, banger. Yeah, and
1: Shoulder to the Wheel, which I think was like the kind of thing that broke them out to other people.
0: Yeah. And with this record, too, I had uh, I was in the seventh grade going into the eighth grade and I had met somebody that I had a crush on. And when I met them, they were obviously way cooler than I was. And I wanted to to get into the music. To impress them, I wanted to get into the music they were into. Yeah, that's what you have in common with people you go with. Yeah. Yeah. And so they recommended me Saves the Day right off the bat through being cool. Bought it. You know, that was 1999. I bought it in 1999, so I was a little-ass kid. And same thing. They recommended me – I like this, so they recommended me, like, the Get Up Kids – Juliana Theory, the Berlin Project, the Starter Playbook, yeah, yeah, like you like get all the, yeah, you get all it. then. But it was curious because they would recommend all this music that I would be interested in and that I would like. But it seemed like every time they would recommend an album to me, uh, Buzz Poets were one of them. Randomly, the okay. buzz, the Buzz Poets. But we, they would recommend me them, and then I'm like, well, shit, I want to go see that band. I want to go see them. And they were like, yeah, cool. Let's, you know, let's go see the band. When we would go to these concerts, I've noticed they wouldn't know any of the words to any of the songs. They just do the, the half mouth. Yeah, yeah. And and as time went on, this was like becoming apparent that like they'd introduce me to bands and songs and stuff like that. And I would dig it, 100% of it. Like it's like as if, yeah, 100% of it. And I had noticed that they actually, after a while, they actually didn't know these bands. So this cool person who was like, listen to this band, listen to that, they were making me into that cool fifteen year old, sixteen year old. They were making me into that. And it ended up that I was I mean, I'll probably still I'm probably still not as cool as them back then, but like I knew the scene. They they taught me the scene more or less, but they didn't know anything about it. They just they just used these bands as buzzwords to start conversations. And I actually I committed to the bit and I got into it and loved it. And I'm still this way to this day because of that person. There is no doubt in my mind, but they were a poser. That person was a poser.
1: They gave you all secondhand referrals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And they were just like, well, the cool people that I know, that's what they like. I don't
0: listen to it, but here you go. And funny enough, so this person that I'm talking about, they actually had a, a friend who was really into that stuff. And that's how they ended up passing it on to me. So it was secondhand posing, yeah. and that actual the the actual cool person is a local wrestler nowadays, a lady wrestler. I'll I'll say off air just because I don't want to blow up her spot because she probably I mean she probably doesn't care at all, but just in case I've but, got a good idea who it is, anyways. Yeah, so that was her. It was her. She was a local wrestler, and uh, she was the one actually into that. And to this day, we're still not. Uh, the local wrestler and I, who are actually into that music, were still not that good of friends. Um, I don't talk to the poser person anymore. Um, but I'm—I mean, they were. I don't want to—I don't want to harp on them too much. They were really sweet.
1: You indirectly—well, you indirectly lo- owe your whole musical taste to the cool a, wrestler, a cool wrestler that's
0: basically a stranger to me.
1: Directly to
0: your poser ex. Yeah. Well, no, we weren't even. We weren't even. I was trying to flirt. We didn't even. Oh, you guys weren't even like... Uh, no, no. Uh, that person actually dated two of my friends. Well, you
1: saved yourself because if they're going to lie about that, just imagine what else you could have uncovered.
0: Yeah, we kissed once. But they were like a very sweet person. So regardless of the music posing, I, I when I realized that they were posing with the music, I didn't have a crush on them anymore. But like, we actually remained great friends. And they were a very sweet, very charming person. So I thank them anyway because... You know, they they taught me how to live. So saves the day through being cool was huge. You know, I'm glad that we picked that up today. But I saw saves a day probably seven, eight times. No shit. Because they would yeah. open for every single band ever.
1: See, I never got to see him live because I, li- I grew up in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and getting the concerts wasn't a thing, you know, when I was 15. Yeah. Uh, so I was stranded. And but I did get the T-shirt. I bought that online. That was the very first thing I ever bought on the Internet really yeah with a saves the day t-shirt
0: that's a lot of fun and i
1: still have it all these years later
0: that's really good. and you kept that
1: yeah, uh it's got to be at 21 that shirt can drink now.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Get that shirt. That shirt is older than people who listen Get to Get that our shirt drinking wine, the alcohol, baby. Yeah. yeah, I got the birthday coming up and that just made me feel way older. Uh, sorry about that. But the the coolest saves the day show I think I went to was at um the Civic Arena. The Civic Arena was the old hockey arena in Pittsburgh, which ended up being called Mellon Arena towards its end, right? Was it Mellon after Civic?
1: Yeah, it spun off and became, yeah, Mellon for a little bit. Nobody ever called it that. Yeah, yeah, so
0: the Civic Arena, I saw Ozma, Saves the Day, in Weezer.
1: That's at one show?
0: At one show. <laughs> That's a great show. Who headlined it exactly? Uh, Weezer. Save, okay. Saves the Day opened. Ozma was the in-between middle band. Right. It was... It was cool. Yeah, that would be a great show. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, socks on my wrists and stuff like that because at the time I was young, I thought this was punk, which it sort of is, but it's, like, more emo than punk. Yeah. So, so at the time, like, if you went to a punk show, like, you, are like, dress edgy, but if you went to an emo show, you do. I mean, this is 15, 16 years old, you dress emo. Well, I actually put Liberty Spikes in my hair that night because I thought I was listening to punk music, and then I went, I was like, no, Weezer is dork music. Damn it, fucked up. But then I yeah. learned. I'd learn. This was only my introduction to the music scene. Was, I killed
1: it later on. It was that time where if you had any kind of like pop punky sound, you could get signed. But like yeah. you and then it was just up to people who listened to filter out
0: who was good and who wasn't. Basically. So that was our first find today. Josh picked that up. Gave that to me, which I, I do appreciate that. So that was saves the day through being cool. Something else that you picked up last week that we didn't use on the show because we wanted to get batteries for it. Um, we're going to get into a find last week. Now, we got the baby of this. Now, we got the daddy version, and we're talking about electronic hot shot basketball, Milton Bradley from 1990.
1: Yeah, this is the big boy that has the moving backboard that comes back and forth.
0: Mm -hmm. And you found this in a couple of different pieces, but we almost got a complete hot shot basketball. We had the box, we have the directions, we have the balls, we put it together. How did you find all that stuff? It was
1: in the box. It was just sitting underneath a ton of stuff in the Mm box. Uh, Whoever packaged it up, had just kind of like wedged it in there. The frame that goes around the basketball hoop is kind of crooked from the way that they wedged it Mm -hmm. uh, in there. But yeah, it, for all intents and purposes, it works except for the scoring mechanism.
0: The scoring mechanism on the back. So the mechanism that brings the hoop closer and further away works. The the spring-loaded, uh, how you load the ball works. Um, the timer works. The clock works. Everything like that. Yeah,
1: music, LED, or all of that stuff works.
0: But there is a little donger that when you get the ball into the net, it hits this little tab which then tallies your score well unfortunately the little tab is the only thing broken on this thing so we have instructions we you you found the instructions in the in the ball separately
1: yeah the uh, the balls uh and the instructions and i think the hoop uh were separately a little ziploc bag because you found
0: that in another goodwill outlet bin i think
1: yeah because when we found the box and we opened it up and uh we realized that a couple pieces were missing. I realized with the way that the box was packaged, I was like...
0: They just probably it, fell out. Yeah, it
1: would have had to have been in there. That Those people would have put it in there.
0: And so this was based on the classic Midway arcade game. The object of the hot Shot basketball game is to either score the most points in 60 seconds or score 10 baskets in the least amount of time. So, with the scoring mechanism, the only thing not working, I just wanted you to flick it on, maybe shoot some basketball so we could get some sound in this piece. But it's awesome. The sound is great. Shoot him.
1: See, I've been practicing, but the wine has diminished all the skills that I earned earlier.
0: This music makes me so anxious. It really does.
1: Oh, see, that one got stuck. And last week when I practiced with the batteries not in it, I did significantly better than I'm doing now.
0: Yeah, you didn't do it too bad, though. And then let's hit this other button, see what this one does. Charge! So anyway, so we got it to work. Everything works. And the only thing when we play one-on-one, which we can do maybe after the recording or somewhat, we just have to tally each other's scores. Yeah. That's it.
1: We've just got to keep honest track of Mm -hmm. how it actually goes.
0: And these, because we have this complete, right? Complete in the box. They range from $30 all the way to $100. So people are paying $100 for what you see in front of you right now. This is that
1: nostalgic cycle coming back around like... uh uh, as an update, we talked about the micro-machines last yeah. week.
0: Oh, didn't you bid on one? Uh,
1: yeah, I did. Yeah. I bid on one. Uh, it had like three days left when I bid on it, and it mm-hmm. was $18 uh, was my max bid. It was at like 16 I went... you,
0: Yeah, we talked about micro-machines last week, and you went ahead on eBay and bid on one.
1: Yeah, and it was a lot of like 50 micro-machines and like odds and ends and things. Uh, and it ended up going for like $45 or $46. Whoa. Yeah. I dropped out way before that, but it went up quickly.
0: Yeah. And we were taking a look at those because there was a lot of different, like, vehicles later on because there was, like, planes and trains and all that. But when I had micro machines, I just had, like, the baby cars, and you had. A bunch I had, of other ones. Yeah, I
1: had the whole universe. But mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. You know, guys our age, people, you know, mm-hmm. that are coming into their 30s, they buy the stuff that they grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, they have kids and
0: they want to show their kids those things. And Well, with Hot Shots itself, I, it couldn't have been more than like a month ago that we found the, the travel Hot Shots. Yeah. Something like that on the Camp Parsley episode.
1: Yeah, it wasn't all that long ago. I think it was a month or two ago. At most, and then
0: we find the big one.
1: Yeah, cool one.
0: So we could play them back to back, even. This
1: one came around. We can have a hotshots tournament and Karate Fighters. We should just set up a whole 90s
0: tournament style, just arcade. Could be fun. And at the end of the month, too, um, live show, thrifty live show, maybe at the, uh, it's uh, Friday, January 25th. Um, We're actually going to have it right here at my apartment. A lot of local shows are showing up. Maybe I'll set some up and have some fun. Yeah, we'll put our trash out. Come play with (laughs) with our trash. Uh, What else did we get this week? Oh, okay. Um, Next up on the the finds list today is something that uh, I got this as a part of a VHS haul. Now, this was like a horror haul. So there was a lot of different tapes and a lot of doubles that I got that I had like uh, a lot of Jason's were in it and a lot of Freddy's were in it. But the most important one I got out of this haul was Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Now, this tape was uh, from uh, media. It was a media release. It's a brand of uh, a production company. And what I believe is, I believe this is the second pressing of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I think it's the second pressing. So it's right after like the, the big the, the big first release. This was the second one. Um, it may even be first. I'm not sure, but it's either the first or the second one. But this was released in 1986, directed by Jack Shoulder and uh, written by David Shaskin. And this, Nightmare on Elm Street, is remembered for a very particular thing, Josh, and you may remember um, what this was remembered for. It's the gay nightmare on Elm Street. It's the gay one, yeah. Um, So, what's going on here? The film is set five years after Freddy's apparent defeat, and the film commentators have often remarked on the film's perceived homoerotic theme, claiming its subtext suggests character Jesse, who is... The, the main person, Jesse Walsh, played by Mark Patton, is a repressed homosexual.
1: And that's why Freddie, yeah, Freddie's tormenting him.
0: Yeah, and and it was often, um, as you hear the what people call like the final girl, you know, whatever lady is being tortured by whatever menace is common in a horror trope that would— go long after this you know scream any anything the, the it's final girl still
1: around yeah
0: yeah and well this was the first film where they had a final girl that was actually a dude um so played a role that's often portrayed as women there was a a, a guy in that role and the interesting thing about this is the fact that uh, the 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 character Jesse Walsh he was uh, portrayed by actor Mark Patton and Mark Patton was actually uh, bi, he was bisexual, but he was not out about that. Um, In the 80s, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't, you couldn't really talk about it, you know, and for several reasons, people don't need to talk about their sexuality. Like, for instance, you know, I, 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 I was... I've been adamant in talking about my sexuality only for a couple of years. You know, I'm not straight.
1: Yeah, and in the '80s, you just you you weren't supposed to. It wasn't out there. You just did your cocaine and shut up.
0: Yeah, and so what had happened was is the actor the actor was actually bisexual, and him um, um, accepting this role and going for it, he actually felt like kind of used by the the by the the staff and and the writer and the director because they knew that he was, you know, quote-unquote, like, in the closet, as they would say back then. And so this would, like, kind of portray him in that light. So it would, it would basically out him without his, like, without him wanting to be outed. Right, not through
1: him as himself, but as him through the character.
0: Yeah. Um. So what had happened with this is it went back and forth, and for years, um, you know, The director was said that I, he said, I simply didn't have the self awareness to realize that any of this might be interpreted as gay. And it actually, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 has a cult following in the gay community. So it's the gay one. So back then, Mark Patton felt pretty intimidated by coming out. And, you know, he actually quit acting after this film and went into interior design.
1: And Not was, hiding there. That was a,
0: a common thing that
1: happened, I think, to a lot of 80s actors yep. who weren't straight. Like, was you would, as soon as the pressure came, you would, you know, have to cover. Mm-hmm. And
0: that was the, the bad thing, but... Mark now has it on his side. Exactly, exactly. So then he felt very uh, ostracized from the business, and he quit acting. He didn't do any major roles. But nowadays, with it uh, being a little bit more acceptable for folks like myself and other people coming out about their sexuality, he's a hero. (laughs) He's a hero because he went through all this garbage shit that they put him through in the 80s. And, you know, quote-unquote, it killed his career. But now he's back because he's like, dude— I was it like, you know, he he walked through the fires of hell, made an incredible movie and made it. Yeah. He did the Citizen Kane
1: of gay horror. Yeah. yeah. And now you. Yeah. Now he's in that revered Comic-Con, you know, cult mm-hmm. little circle.
0: And Robert England, who plays Freddy, um, he was actually very forthcoming. And he said it was obviously intended to. It was obviously intended to be a bisexual film. Jesse's wrestling with whether to come out or not to come out and his sexual desires that were manifested manifested by Freddie. We did it subtly, but the casting of Mark Patton was intentional. So they knew what they were doing. Regardless of the writer and the director said it, Freddie himself was just like, Nah, we know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was probably in on those, inter, uh, you know, the auditions when Mark walked in. And he's like, hey, I'm Mark, and this is my girlfriend Tracy. And he's like, yeah, okay, Mark, just read. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah. Keep going.
0: Uh, but this tape goes for about 10 to 15 bucks. was actually um, on the cheaper scale as far as, like, mid-'80s original horror. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure if it's the first VHS release. I'm thinking it's the second but I'm not positive with that. Um, but that's... Uh, oh, we uh, we got something if you want to talk about your your book as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we snagged a, a little comic.
0: And we never see comics, so this is a big thing for yeah, us.
1: Yeah, and those are... And if we do see them, they're totally destroyed. And mm-hmm. uh, this one has a little crinkle in it, but aside from that, it's in fairly decent shape. It's uh, Dennis the Menace and Mr. Wilson number 8 mm-hmm. from 1970. Uh, 15 cents back then wow uh i've read through it it's not funny okay um i mean it's just dennis the menace it's just a little kid is a dickhead Mm -hmm. um and his old neighbor who wants to murder him but the back has ads i Uh, see that and it's the the golden era of comic book ads back Mm -hmm. then so there's one for uh monster size monsters uh, which are seven feet tall. Monster-sized monsters. Not even sized. There's not even a D. It's just monster-sized monster. monsters. Okay,
0: just so I was hearing that correctly. Okay. Uh,
1: they're seven feet tall in authentic colors with glow-in-the-dark eyes. Uh, they cost a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just send off, and they mail it back to you. What they were was uh, they were cardboard. Like those figures you see at Halloween that okay. are like posable, yeah. They were those. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, but you just send we them. see
0: we come across those secondhand shopping a lot, but they're all torn up and ripped and stuff. Yeah, and I mean even Paper. now,
1: uh, I had one on my door past Halloween. I went to the dollar store and I paid a dollar for it. Mm-hmm. So you can still get these. Yeah. Uh, but there's also the Polaris nuclear sub.
0: What's that about?
1: It's seven feet long, big enough for two kids. It's uh marketed as it fires rockets and torpedoes and it only costs $6.98. Wow. Uh there's a 10-day
0: free trial, but you could so you could do that for 10 you could do that for 9 days and ship that back if you hate it. Yeah. Uh okay. It's
1: 7 feet long, seats two kids, got controls that work, uh rockets that fire real periscope Firing torpedoes, and electrically lit instrument panel. Okay, so it's a whole it's it's a whole thing. Which I don't know how it's lit because it's made out of cardboard. I looked uh-huh. it up and uh, it's just cardboard that you just like fold out and sit into.
0: Now maybe it it doesn't say, but maybe you you would know from just uh, looking it up. Now when you sit in that thing, is there a bottom to it, or is it just an assumed bottom? Like do you do you wear it like. Fred Flintstone wears his car. Yes, like you wear it, like you wear his car. Yeah, and okay. you could you wear you wear it. Yeah, and sit in it, it and wear it. Yeah, you
1: could get up and walk around in it if you wanted to. You know. Okay, so uh, Fred
0: Flintstone submarine.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure how the the you know the rockets fire. The, they probably didn't. Yeah, the the real periscope. It's a periscope. I think that goes up and down, but I don't think it's a periscope you can look
0: through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, it'd be impossible with paper. Yeah, and no I mean, no mirrors, nothing.
1: I haven't done the conversion to see what six ninety eight is in nineteen seventy money, but mm-hmm. I think you probably wanted this, and then it was one of those things you got disappointed about because it was
0: probably just too big and clunky, and we're like, screw it.
1: And that's the great thing about having Dennis the Menace is the co- the ads for these are always better than the products mm-hmm. actually were for them.
0: Well, that's great that we, you you we're able to kind of find a comic just to have a comic because comics, for whatever reason, we go secondhand shopping, we go thrifting. We don't see a ton of them. And like you mentioned before, they're always torn up and tattered. And that one, it's in pretty good shape.
1: Yeah. There's a small stain on the side of it. Uh, it's minimal though. And, uh, the crinkle in it for 1970s. It's you know in the five dollar price yeah, range. Yeah, it was.
0: It's you said it was right from 1970.
1: Yeah, 1970, uh, right on the dot. Hey, uh, for
0: paper from 1970, that's not in bad condition.
1: No, no, it was never rolled up and smoked
0: with weed, so mm-hmm. it survived the 70s. And it, and and speaking about like older, uh, different material like that, like the comics that we have found, they're more modern, but they're also more crinkled. And so the difference between like the, the older ones and the newer ones, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Um, well, to to segue over, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Josh, we have a brand new segment that we're going to be debuting here. Um, this is actually called Thrifties Vintage versus Modern. <laughs> Vintage versus Modern. I have four different objects in front of me that I found that you could purchase online secondhand. I have a vintage model of an object and then also a current model or a modern model of the object. And I want to see if you can pick which one is a higher value to buy. So vintage versus modern, which one's more expensive to buy. And again, I have four things in front of me, but next week or next time. You're on. We'll go back and forth. We'll switch. I'll do two. You do two. I'm but for this, I I came up with this segment half hour before I picked you up today.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna look for something very complicated. I wanna I wanna make it tricky for you. I wanna trip you up on it.
0: Okay. Well, let's see how many I trip you up on. So what say you? Vintage versus modern. The first one. The first item I have here: a 1984 Kenner. Ghostbusters Firehouse versus a modern Playmobil Ghostbusters Firehouse. The Kenner Ghostbusters from the 80s are the current Playmobil Ghostbusters Firehouse. Two different prices. Which one do you think has more value? I'm going to go
1: with the, the vintage Kenner 1984.
0: Ghostbuster hmm. playset. Okay. So you went with the, the vintage one. And all these were bought secondhand. This is what they somebody paid for them online. So with that said, and I'm not telling you if you're right or wrong yet, but by how much do you think the older one went for more? How much money do you think the older one went for?
1: I'm going to go. You don't
0: have to guess a price, but how much more than the other one?
1: I'm gonna go at uh, I, what I think is a cautious bet mm-hmm. of forty dollars more.
0: Forty dollars more. Yeah. Okay. The Play Mo- Mobile Ghostbusters Firehouse went for fifty-one twenty-nine.
1: Oh, I think it's gonna be more than forty dollars now.
0: The Kenner Ghostbusters Firehouse went for seventy-one oh. nineteen. So twenty bucks. Really? Twenty I, bucks, yep. See, I thought
1: that did that have the figures? I maybe I should ask more qualifying questions you could in this have. game. You could have. Yeah. I mean it's new to all of us. I see that's the thing is I don't know how the rules are established in this game yet. You
0: can figure them out as we go along. Oh,
1: see, I didn't know we could just make oh see. Yeah. Let's go. But let's go back. <laughs> you were right.
0: You were ultimately right. The vintage one, 71 dollars, the new one fifty one dollars. So you were ultimately right. See, I'll take that. You know, that's a half a A half a point, I'll consider that. Mm -hmm. So the next one up here, we have a blender. So this is the Waring Futura 900 Vintage Gold and Yellow 8-Speed Blender. The Waring Futura 900 Vintage Gold and Yellow 8-Speed Blender versus the modern Jamba Quiet Blender, which is shatterproof.
1: Does the vintage blender, now that I know that I can ask questions, yeah, I don't
0: know much about blenders, but does the vintage have a year? Uh, this is the 70s. Okay. The 70s versus a modern shatterproof blender. You know. What do you think sells for more money?
1: I'm going to go with the vintage. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think shatterproof is an additional benefit to a blender. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably a requirement by (laughs) law. You don't want to like.
0: Be busting up any of your stuff, and it just shoots out the glass everywhere. Yeah, you know, like you, some company's going to start selling five dollar
1: blenders that are, you know, all shatter. You can shatter them. Yeah, that glass are inside, nothing but shatter. <laughs> That's all they do. It's like
0: you know when there's like orange juice with and without pulp. Yeah, it's like blender with or without it's glass. Just
1: shatter brand blenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go vintage on the blender.
0: Okay, so you went vintage. Do uh, you think it sells for more than the modern? Um, now, by how much?
1: Uh, see, I went over on the last one, so now I want to be more cautious. I'm going to go
0: 15 bucks on this one. I got to say, the Jamba Quiet Blender Shatterproof Modern goes for $199. Holy shit, what are you blending with a blender? The Vintage Blender Eleven dollars and ninety four cents. So you got skunked. You oh. got smoked. See, I know one. nothing of,
1: and that's the thing. There's a whole new like fancy blender game that's out there mm-hmm. that I'm not equipped to deal with. Like these, you know, juice techs, and I saw one at Costco that cost like two hundred fifty
0: dollars. So shatterproof is.
1: See, it's got to do something. Like it can not shatter no matter what you put in there. It'll crush fucking screws. If I'm
0: paying two hundred dollars for a blender. On eBay, dude, I better be. I I want to be able to blend rocks in that. That's like a murder
1: accessory. That's like the blender you buy to get rid of a body. Mm-hmm. Like twelve dollars will get
0: the job done. Two hundred dollars will we'll, for sure. will <laughs> get rid of a body. So the next one on the list, uh, we're going to be looking at shoes now. Nike's matter of fact. All right. Um, so we're looking at vintage Nike waffles, which are red and white. To the modern Flyknit Trainer triple black running shoe. So we have the the, the Nike Waffle, red and white, and the modern Flyknit Trainer triple black running shoe. The Waffle has to be worth Vintage more. versus modern. What do you think? It's got to be the Waffle. The I'm waffle? not trying to go, like, all
1: vintage. These have been genuine. But I think, yeah, vintage Nikes, I mean, if they're – if. If they're fresh shoes, mm-hmm. and let me ask you that. What's the quality? That's a, that's a good question. What's the, that's quality, a qualifying... what's the quality of these shoes?
0: Um, the vintage shoes were worn, but not heavily. Okay. Not heavily.
1: And new shoes? New. Okay, so modern or brand new. I'm still going to go the vintage, even though they're used. I still think they're going to go for more than the all-black trainers. Okay. Um, now, by how much? This part of the game is tricky.
0: Yeah, it's fun though. We're having fun with this. Yeah. First time through we're having fun.
1: I like this. Yeah.
0: Um I'm gonna go with thirty bucks. Thirty bucks? Okay. So you said the vintage waffles, um, thirty dollars more than the modern trainers. Okay. Yeah. So the fly net, the fly knit trainers, triple black running shoe, they go for seventy three dollars. All right. I feel good about this. The vintage Nike waffles, fifty-six. Fuck. Yep, you're wrong again. Man, really only fifty six bucks for the fifty six bucks. Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in an opinion, way flyer looking shoe. Yeah. Way better. That's way better I would pay chew.
1: more than fifty six bucks for a pair of waffles. Like
0: Right? Yeah, I know what
1: those look like. Like, no, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Although good for, you know, whoever's selling those new trainers to Hey, they got them. Trying to milk people for that much fucking money.
0: Last one for vintage versus modern. And this is going to be a callback because uh, we were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, uh, the VHS box set, this is Nightmare on Elm Street 1 through 7. So there's a VHS box set. On the spines, is it depicts like an image of Freddy. On the spines of each of them, is a little part of Freddy. And then combined, is like Freddy... He's in, there
1: in a whole artistic yeah. representation.
0: Now these were put out, um, I believe, in like the late '90s, early 2000s. Okay, so, so I was
1: I was gonna ask the that. The reason
0: why I mentioned that and and you didn't have to ask a qualifying question to get that is because obviously these aren't first print. Because it's a a VHS collection of all seven, right? So it's not the first. They came Freddy out over
1: a span of what, like fifteen years something or something, like yeah. That.
0: Yeah. So we have the VHS box set of all Nightmare on Elm Streets versus the modern Blu-rays of all seven Nightmare on Elm Streets. So the Blu-ray collection or the VHS collection of Nightmare on Elm Street, vintage versus. Modern, what say you? Hmm,
1: and see, the Blu ray's probably been in production ever since they started making Blu rays, but that VHS box set was mm-hmm. probably a very limited run, even though. And there might be something special about the image. Is there anything special about the image or um, the uh, the collection? I, I had said from-
0: just like the spine had Freddy on yeah. it, um. So, if you put all the tapes together, you would see a picture of Freddy. Okay. The Blu-ray set was just like like what you'd think, like a chubby cardboard box with, I think, like a hologram on the front. Okay. Um,
1: Are they both new and sealed? Both new and sealed. Both Uh, new and sealed. All right. Uh, And this
0: is on eBay.
1: Okay. If they're both new and sealed, I'm going to go with the VHS
0: collection. Okay. By how much? Uh, ten dollars, ten dollars. Okay, so the vintage VHS box set versus the modern Blu ray set, the modern Blu ray Nightmare on Elm Street collection, 33 bucks on eBay. Because, I mean, it's got like five shitty movies on that collection, the VHS box set, 30 seven dollars okay so you did it that probably was your closest one right yeah and you know what i was gonna go with five but i was like four dollars difference i didn't
1: think you would pick anything that was that close of a difference so that's very well played
0: i try my best so the vhs box set of freddy 37 the modern blu-ray 33
1: this is strategy i'm going to take forward and and make this game even more difficult so if
0: i hadn't thought about uh, putting this segment together right before I picked you up today, you would have been a part of it. But the next time we do it, which is probably next week, I'll do one, you do one, and we'll just go back and forth.
1: All right, I'm two and zero oh, or two for two right now. So oh, well, two for four, T- two and two, yeah, two, two, and two and two. Which is
0: you got to think fine
1: because that's fifty percent. Yeah, and it, it. I mean, I didn't mean to guess all vintage, but it. This is a difficult in the moment game. So Mm -hmm. I feel like this is going to be a fun bit going forward, and I hope everybody, you know, roots for this. So jump on Facebook and throw up a W. Yeah, throw up a a W that you welcome
0: this new segment, uh, welcoming into the new year, Um, new sponsorship, a lot of cool things going on. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, fan favorite segment, Thrift Tales returns, and this Thrift Tales out of Lansing, Michigan, where two boys are going to be fighting over a unicycle. Stay tuned. Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly.
1: He is not patient. Not a welcome visitor. No! 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 But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block.
0: It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now. There's something inside him. troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. Werewolf Werewolf Ambulance. Ambulance. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your horror movie comedy podcast needs. We're We're ready ready to to believe believe you. you. Wait, weren't we going to change that? (laughs) (laughs) We're ready to entertain you? works for me We're in.com or wherever you listen to podcast. so today being a pretty good thrift haul we always have stuff in our cart that we throw back as usual um and on lighter days we tend to 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 keep i guess stupider things less important things and something that we got today josh that we did put back just because we got so much cool stuff we found a weird mask, right? Like a weird head shoulders yeah, mask like, like combined. One of like the upper torso, like it had like That's pauldrons
1: the word. attached to it.
0: It was an upper torso, uh, skeleton knight sort of mask. Yeah,
1: it was like a a skeleton with like a black uh pauldron and like a chest thing. And then like a like a crown helmet mm-hmm. on the skeleton. Well, face. we're
0: gonna throw that in the cover art this week because I I will say I I was inside of it and it had the tiniest head a torso and mask combination has ever had and I got my ass stuck in it.
1: It looked like a, a an adult mask when we picked it up, but then judging by the size of it squeezing onto your head, I think it might have been a kid's mask. I thought I was it was going to be
0: Goosebumps Haunted Mask all over again. I couldn't get it off me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's a video. Maybe we'll share it. Yeah, throw it, the, it in the comments under the yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll put the video out there. Uh, you getting into and getting out of the... Uh, You drew a little bit of a crowd as well.
0: I did not know that. That was the thing because I had my – to fit this mask over my head, I had to take my glasses off. I'm wearing a hat. I had to take my hat off, and I'm blind without my glasses. So I sat in this chair with this mask, and then you were doing whatever, taking pictures, whatever. Yeah, I took some
1: picture. Well, I took one picture and took some videos, and then – uh, a lot of the video is you struggling and me just trying to hold back my laughter as other people casually come
0: around. I tore that thing off my head finally, and I had no, like less than five feet away, there was a lady looking through one of the outlet bins, and I was like, is there people around? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, they started to disperse. Most of them watched you put it on, mm-hmm. uh, and once you were in there, they were just like, oh, okay, well, he, he got in there. Because uh, that took a, a bit longer I than I thought it was out. on,
0: I thought it was on my damn head and i actually was looking out the mouth so i was i had to pull more i had to pull way still more still had
1: another six inches to go yeah
0: um so we did throw that back but you could check that out in the cover art um this evening um now we're going to to switch gears here because coming up is fan favorite segment thrift tales Thrift, thrift 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 tales and for new listeners to the show thrift tales are secondhand stories from all over the globe that i scour the internet for well whether it be google.com whether it be reddit that thing Whatever Reddit is, I'm still not positive what you call that, a forum or something. Yeah, I
1: don't know. Bryce knows the proper term. He's on those things.
0: Nice. Fan of the show, Bryce. Let us know what that is. But these are secondhand stories from all over the world. Uh, this one comes in from Lansing, Michigan. And this one is is out of... This is old as heck. This was something that was written out that I found. This is out of the late 80s. Uh, this story out of Lansing, Michigan involves... Two brothers uh, fighting over a unicycle, as I mentioned before we went to commercial. And you grew up with brothers. Did you guys ever fight over, like, stuff and toys and everything?
1: Yeah, we fought over a lot of toys. Uh, we never had a unicycle. My parents were smart enough to buy us bikes.
0: Uh. <laughs> we eat, We got two wheels each. We yeah. had to share two wheels. Yeah,
1: I mean, we, we had our own bikes. But, yeah, we fought over toys because uh, there were a lot of shared universes back then, you know? Uh, Anything
0: that was the same height, probably.
1: Yeah, and there's three of us between six years. So, like, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, uh, wrestling figures, a lot of that stuff overlapped.
0: Battle Trolls? You had a Battle Troll Yeah, or two. the Yeah,
1: ba- well, the Battle Trolls were solely mine. Okay, uh, so nobody got those. No, no, by the time the Battle Trolls came around and uh, a lot of the, like, the Micro Machines, those were solely mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the stuff that my brothers weren't into my nerdier toys like
0: the food fight guys. Mm -hmm. Those were solely mine. (laughs) Well, um, that we'll call it the Jones family. Uh, the Jones family acquired a LaRun red unicycle that was made from the eighties. And the two boys involved who were said to share this one was 15 and one was 11. And mom and dad were worried that the two sons would fight over, Um, this unicycle because they bought one for both of them but uh, early signs all seemed fine because the 11 year old and the 15 year old had like time with the unicycle I suppose so everything was like you know going according to plan and as the two boys played around with it it started to become the talk of the block and get attention from other kids because probably like you were saying other kids probably had bikes.
1: You're the kids with the unicycle. I mean, like, it's not a common thing. I mean, people do it now as, like, a trendy, ironic thing, you know? And this
0: was just honest-to-God unicycle. Yeah, yeah, nobody
1: picks a unicycle as a mode of transportation. It's not efficient.
0: So this red unicycle became the talk of the block. And when the unicycle became the talk of the block— the older boy was starting to to catch on to this and uh, like the attention he was getting from the other folks around.
1: Chicks really dig the unicycle when you're 15? Yeah, Mm -hmm. you can get attention for that.
0: Well, when it was his turn with it, he started to let the kids in the neighborhood give it a go. The younger brother, noticing that the older brother was, like, letting it get around, he actually straight-up tattled on the, the older kid and said, like, look... You bought us this unicycle. We have even amount of time. But he's he's going, you know, more than just the cul-de-sac with this unicycle. This unicycle is getting around to a lot of other kids. It's ours.
1: I'm not agreeing to the sharing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So parents confronted the older kid and um, and the older kid was like, look, here's the, here's the deal. Yeah, other kids are, are riding it when I have it. Sure. Caught me. Right. But he's like, I'm bringing it home. And the, the younger, the 11-year-old, is still getting his time with this unicycle. So they were like, fair's fair. Okay, you win this round. Do whatever you it's want. It's
1: free unicycle time.
0: They said there was no harm, so whatever happens, you know, it, it's fine so far. But one day, Josh, that all changed. When the older brother took it further away from the house to meet up with a friend, so he wanted to impress a friend with this, Collectively, the older brother and friend were attempting to build ramps and jumps for it because they wanted to do unicycle jumps. That's a thing, yeah. You, if you have something with
1: wheels on it and you are 15, you're gonna build a jump.
0: So it's not even 100% known to this day. That's how how deep the story is. But when they were when the older brother was playing with his friend on the ramps and the jumps, it broke. What broke about it? Unknown. I, yeah, I mean, there's only Who like did it? S- Unknown. Six parts to a unicycle. One of the parts broke. So the older brother was like, shit, I'm going to be in a bunch of trouble. Because not only was it already known that he was letting people ride the unicycle, but he also was like, he also pled his case. He was like, look, yeah, other people are riding it, but I'm not breaking it. Yeah. Nothing's happening it's to it. It's
1: fine right now.
0: So, fearing his parents would see that it was returned broken, the older brother decided to leave it at his friends and then act like he had no idea what was going on, and when his family realized it was gone, he was just going to say someone stole it. So, when the little brother's time with the unicycle came, the little brother was like, it's not there, and he was going to act surprised and just be like, oh, somebody must have stole it. So, that's exactly what happened. So the little brother went to like get it. I don't know where it was. Maybe it was in the shed. Maybe it was in the yard. Who mm-hmm. knows? This was the late '80s. I have no idea. And so the parents actually bought it. They bought the lie, because he he said I brought it back. It had been out. It had been shown off. It, you know yeah. It, been... it it came back home. I guess it was stolen. So the parents felt bad about this because they're like, look, they actually had a cool thing going. It was working for both of them. Now it was stolen and it was expensive. They didn't say how much they paid for it. And that's all relative because different social classes, yeah. whatever. It was expensive for them. And so they said that they – and this is how the this thrift, thrift tale gets wound into this. Mom and dad were like, well, let's go to this sporting goods, like outdoorsy secondhand shop that was local. So sports items, stuff like that to see – if they could buy something Maybe not a unicycle But something between the two of them Something
1: they could share To have yeah. those, those
0: moments again Unbeknownst to the older brother Now the older brother Broke that unicycle When he was hanging out with his friend right? And he left the unicycle At his friend's house broken The friend's dad Gathered it up in the yard Found out that it was broken And donated it To the same store. That they were on their way to. Dun dun dun. So. When the family showed up. Both the older brother and the younger brother. Their unicycle. Was in that second hand store. So then it came out. That the brother. Had lied. Because they found the same unicycle. And it was broken. And he tried to cover and said it was just like another one. Uh. Or somebody stole it and then they broke it and then they dropped it off and and mom and dad were like you wouldn't do that if you're going to steal something you're also not
1: going to donate something
0: so yeah so the whole family saw the broken unicycle in the second hand shop and the older brother was then finally grounded the new the younger brother the little brother in a couple of weeks they bought him his own unicycle
1: yeah I was going to say that's the reward he should get for it because he played by the rules and the like, whole time. Yeah, that's the thing is that like I was the youngest of my brothers and like I wanted to be the regulator, you know, yeah. like if we all had something and I saw my older brothers who were smarter, stronger, you know, everything more than me, yeah. I could the one advantage you have as a younger brother is narking. <laughs>
0: And that's what the little brother did because he saw that the bigger brother was having more fun and sharing it around and the, and said, no, no, no. no. Something's going to come of this. Yeah,
1: this. I like this thing so much. I'm going to tell you that he's breaking the rules and then just hope that karma pays forward. And it did for him.
0: And in the parents' mind, they actually did cover for the older brother and said, yeah, you know what? Somebody else is riding this unicycle, but he is bringing it back. The little brother is still using it. And then he fucked up by breaking it and then lying about it. So this was, I guess, a story that somebody posted um, talking about like family memories and how a secondhand store, how it's almost impossible for that to happen. But they went and they saw the same unicycle broken at the secondhand store.
1: That's a valuable life lesson. I hope they've grown since they were
0: 15. I believe the little brother was the one who typed this up. The little brother. That's probably. A I don't proud, know for sure. Yeah, that's the story of
1: how he got to be the you know uh, the professional unicycle yeah, rider he's a he is clown. today. Yeah. <laughs> now he's a. clown. Now he's whatever you do as an adult with a unicycle. This is
0: the origin story for Bingo the clown. Yeah, he's the unipiper. You know, he's that <laughs> guy. <laughs> well, we had a bunch of fucking fun with this episode. Um, again, buy uh, electric green T-shirt with the black get roached on it go to Thrifty's Facebook page, look up Thrifty Facebook, or you could find it toddytondera.com, so T-O-D-D-Y, tondera.com. Click on podcast. You'll see a bunch of stuff about the podcast, and you could see right below it where you could buy your own Git Roach shirt. Um, also, Commonwealth Press, real quick again, cwpress.com, cwpress.com. Promo code Thrifty Podcast. Get twelve free shirts for every fifty you buy. Special thanks to Steve Barris from Bluffs. Bluffs the theme for our show for many reasons with alternate reality. Josh, do you think that's enough plugs? Do you think I have one more in me?
1: Uh, you could probably squeeze another one out if you wanna I mean, if Saves the Day wants to give a shout out, you know. Saves and the like, Day, thank you for our teenage yeah, years. If they can come around to the event that we have on the twenty fifth, it's you know, uh, right before my 35th
0: birthday, it'd be a great tribute show. Great. Uh, yeah, just a, none. A, I will say Saves the Day I know is still a band, and it only has Chris Conley in it and then other, other folks.
1: Yeah, he's filled in, but, like, still uh, yeah. relatively the same.
0: For sure. But that is Friday, January 25th, Podcast Night at the Tolma for local shows. Uh, we're going to have Ghoul on Ghoul, Neon Brainiacs, uh, Start the Beat with Sykes, and we're going to be in there for podcasts – recording four episodes one you three to five dollar donation ask for address if you're in the area or if you're uh, familiar with any of those other shows those folks know what the address is too and don't tell a cop that's for sure
1: yeah no cops Uh, that's (laughs) not tell a cop Uh, about it. everybody is welcome except for cops who are on duty if you're a cool cop and you're not on duty
0: that's okay still still okay but still ish. More okay. Yeah, let us okay. let
1: us know in advance so we can do our cop background screens.
0: And for everybody else, get roached.